Good morning. Why do we tithe? Part two. Okay, this week I'm going to read from Malachi 3, starting at verse 7. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm reading from the Amplified. Even from the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet you, have, yet you rob and defraud me. But you say, in what way do we rob, rob or defraud you? You have withheld your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And prove me now by it, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine drop its fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight says the Lord of hosts. Well, I guess he kind of makes it pretty obvious. Why do we tithe? So we see from these verses that that tithing opens our lives to the blessing and protection of God. And withholding the tithe is considered robbery by God and opens our lives to the curse. And I guess the the way I look at it and the way I think of it is the blessing is like a protective shield around us, all right? And then when we're in disobedience, we're taking ourselves out from under that protective shield. So we leave ourselves exposed to, to the curse. Um, the same Hebrew word is used for blessing throughout the Old Testament. So whenever you see blessing, it is the Hebrew word bracha which means benediction and, by implication, prosperity. So God, through the tithe, wants to prosper us. He wants to increase us. So he's making, he's, he's creating a method, another method, another process by which he can bring prosperity into our lives. So we see from, from last week that it's, tithing is from the heart and we tithe to show thanks, our own thanksgiving, and to honor God. And from this week, we see that God wants to use the tithe to create a, a door through which he can bring prosperity into our lives. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you that for your word, and we can see in your word that You are a good God. You only want to bring good into our lives. And you make so many different ways, Father God, um, to bring that blessing and bring that goodness into our lives. Father God, that's your intent. That is what you want for us, is you want us to be blessed, you want us to be prosperous. So Father God, I ask you to, to bless the tithes and the offerings that that are presented today. I ask you to bring increase and prosperity.
In Jesus' name, amen. Just to give you a heads up, little plant, pro- proper prior planning. Uh, sometimes people bring uh, notebooks with them with, uh, with your uh, doctrine thing, you know, so you put all your doctrine stuff in. Not everybody does, but there are some that do. So those people, I actually want to give you a heads up, and everybody else, that next week I won't be teaching on doctrine. Just so you know, they're going to be uh, talking about something else, actually something extremely exciting, very, very cool, very, very awesome. I want to give you a testimony of what God is doing um, and to give you some, also some understanding and vision of future. But So I just wanted to give you a heads up. I know it's good. I've had people, uh, I've heard from the ushers, when people come in, they go, what? No doctrine this week? So I just want to give you a warning ahead of time. That, that next week we'll be talking, but it'll be just as exciting, I promise. It'll be just as good, it'll be just as awesome. I know you will be blessed by uh, next week's uh, time together, and uh, we'll, I'll explain more, obviously, next week. But it's very, very cool. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we do thank you for your word. Father, if it wasn't for your word, we would aimlessly wander through this life. Father, I thank you that it truly is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Father, this morning, I pray that you illuminate truth, illuminate truth in our lives, that as it is applied to our lives, it strengthens us, changes us, and causes us to be more of what you want us to be in every way. Father, we commit this morning unto you, this word unto you, and ask you, by your Spirit, to lead us into all truth. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been talking, obviously, about doctrine all this year. And uh, last week began the uh, description or talking about the Holy Spirit. We talked early on in the year about the Father, Father God, uh, that God is understood, we understand from the Bible, that He is a triune being. Now you won't find the word triune, or you won't find Trinity in the Bible, that the actual word itself. But obviously throughout the whole Bible, and we saw last week that even starting in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, one of the members of the trinity one of the members of the godhead was very active he was there at the at the beginning he hovered over the deep when creation was about to happen he empowered people all the way through Um, he used a god uh, his part of the plan of god is to take what's from god and let it let people know around the world that he exists manifestations actual manifestations something happening from the spirit world into the natural world here's the deal let's get real here for just a moment the father god we kind of we get that we get this idea of an all-powerful god out there somewhere who did everything created everything and okay there's god then 
we have Jesus. And we kind of get that too. I mean, we see each other. It's a human being. I get that. There's a a man named Jesus came and, okay, I'm going to have to believe by faith that he came born of a virgin, that he he was all God and all man at the same time. Okay, okay, I can get that. But for many people, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, that's where it really gets weird. The Holy Spirit who you can't see, even Jesus said that, you can't see him. All you can do is tell by what happens, kind of like the wind. Can you see the wind? No, but you can see the effects of the wind, the manifestations of the wind when the leaves blow, when your hair gets all messed up, whatever it may be. And so we, we have this Holy Spirit that we don't see and we can't, oh, we can't, but he, we're supposed to trust him to infill us, to indwell us, and lead us. Whew. Okay, that's where it gets strange. And some people can't take that step over to saying, yes, Lord, whatever your will is, have your way in me. It's tough. It's real tough. I know when I came, uh, came back to the Lord, I mean, I grew up, grew up in a denomination that just said, okay, don't do that. Don't do that. All right, just, you can do anything else, but just don't do that. Okay, because that's weird. That's strange. That's too, we can't explain that. We can't put that in a box. But yet, Jesus said, don't do anything until you have, until you have been baptized. And baptized, here's really kind of the first time we've heard that word in doctrine, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, obviously in the, in the Bible, in the New Testament, it's not the first time we see baptized. We actually have the water baptism doctrine, which we will get to. Why am I doing, I'm not, I might be, to some people, I might be doing this a little bit out of order. Why am I talking about being filled with the Spirit before being water baptized the reason being is many people in the new testament were filled with the spirit or were were born again and then baptized in the holy spirit in the same event we don't have to wait to find water to get filled with the holy spirit and i want to let you know you want to get filled you want to get baptized with the holy spirit but i grew up hearing yeah don't do that that's just we can't explain that. We can't put a. We can't put a. a uh, put it in a box. Just ah, you know. I even talked to my pastor one time when when I was really searching these things out, and I said, you know, I've been I've been reading this. I keep running across these verses. And he goes, I know, I know, I know, but we just don't talk about it. We kind of believe it, but we just don't talk about it. All right, well, talk about it because. Coming back to God, coming, getting my life right with Him, having Him, His mercy poured out towards me and causing me to want to be back in right standing with Him, to, to walk with Him daily, was the most important event of my life. The second most important event of my life was being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit. The third was meeting Deb. I needed points this week. I just wanted to let you know I, I needed some points. But truly, in that order. Being baptized with the Holy Ghost is, to me, right close to vital. It is vital. 
It, it's not mandatory, but it's, it ranks way up there. Salvation is mandatory. You need to get saved. If you're not born again, you need to be born again. But being filled with the Holy Ghost, in my eyes, in my, in my life, it is mandatory. Let's turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. says, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. So this week we're talking about the receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You'll notice last week and this week I had this synopsis. This is kind of the whole thing in a nutshell. Whole thing in a box. So that when you're, you know, you're wondering, okay, what do I say to somebody? How do I, what do they need to know? What is the most important parts? Here you go. You can find all the details throughout all the notes, but right here, this is, this is the stuff you need to know. These are the big questions that people ask. These are the big questions answered in a very, very simple form. So, real quick, history. It's always good to put things in context. It's always good to look historically first and then see, you know, is, is this a new thing? Was being filled with the Spirit of God to where things changed? Filled with the Spirit of God to where th- something different started happening. Something started to manifest. Is this a, only a New Testament experience? No. It actually happened from the very beginning. Some of the, in Genesis, it ta- the, uh, the Bible talks about people being moved by the Holy Spirit. Not unknowingly, they knew it, they just yielded to it. And that's, what, that's what's important, it's one of the important parts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It isn't that you don't have a choice, it's that you choose to, uh, to, to cooperate with God to do what He wants you to do. So, in the Old Testament, though, you're not going to see the term Holy Spirit. But what you do see over and over and over again are, are phrases like this. The Spirit of the Lord, my Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of judgment, fire, justice, etc., and your Spirit. In nearly all of these cases, the reference to the Holy Spirit is clear. Although there are some instances where the Holy Spirit and the human spirit seem almost to merge. And these are people who God actually filled with His Spirit, and then it was like they were the same thing. Elijah was an example of that. Uh, the spirit of Elijah in Second Kings. We can see that the Spirit's coming upon man was the sovereign choice of God. That's the difference between Old Testament and New Testament. In the Old Testament, nobody said, Holy Spirit, come into me. I welcome you. I I ask you, Lord, to, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. They didn't even know they could. The Holy Spirit would come upon them by his choice, in his timing, when he decided he had something specific he wanted to do, he would come upon them, then they had a choice whether to yield to that or not. Some did, some didn't. But when they did, amazing things happened. Miraculous things happened. Manifestations. Things happened outwardly that people around them could see, whoa, there's a God. Okay? So, in the Old Testament, 
God made the choice. God uh, just did it, and man didn't have, or he had a choice to agree or not, but he, didn't have a, he did not ask the Holy Spirit to come. The Spirit's coming upon in the men in the New, Old Testament is not always the same way. That's the other thing about the Holy Spirit. You can't put the Holy Spirit in a box. This is the way the Holy Spirit is going to come on a person. He's going to infill a person, baptize a person in his, his Spirit. It doesn't happen the same way every single time. Which is going to be really helpful when we talk, start talking about the New Testament side. Because some people say, well... I asked God to be filled with the Holy Spirit and it didn't happen like so-and-so. It didn't happen like that guy over there or at the meeting I was at one time. So all the way from the beginning, God, you know, you just can't put God in a box. One time, you know, the Holy Spirit came on somebody by a prophecy. They, you know, they, the, someone would prophesy to them and say, you're, you're going to do this and, you, and God's going to give you the power to do this, Boom. Somebody else in the Old Testament, they got their, they, somebody laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit filled them. Some other people were born filled with the Spirit. They talked about some of the Old Testament prophets from their conception, from the womb, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. John was one of them. John the Baptist, who we talked about here before, that he was the last of the Old Testament prophets. He was filled from the womb with the Holy Ghost. That doesn't happen anymore because something else has to happen. The way things happen in the New Testament is different. So, there is no box that the Holy Ghost neatly fits in. And I think he likes that. The more I get to know the Holy Spirit, the more I, I, he just likes being him. Being spontaneous, being, being different so that you can't go, oh, I know exactly how this works. The Spirit coming upon men was, as a rule, not the result of their great spirituality, nor did it necessarily result in spirituality. There were all kinds of people who were filled with the Holy Ghost back then, the Holy Spirit, who were not very good people. Samson. Samson did some amazing things. I really like Samson. Not just because he was a big man's man guy, you know, a guy and could just rip stuff, whoop, rip, rip doors off of buildings and, you know, kill thousands of men. I mean, talk about an action movie, you know, killing thousands, a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey, you know, I mean, all those cool things. But what I really like about Samson is he was human. He wasn't perfect which really translates amazingly over to the New Testament where there's so many people thinking, I don't deserve to be filled with the Holy Spirit. No, that's the whole point. We don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve grace. We don't deserve the Holy Spirit. You don't have to earn the Holy Spirit. See, there's all kinds of barriers that... that get put up in our minds about why God won't do certain things for us. And we see all the way through the Bible, it's just a, a picture after a picture after a picture of God saying, get rid of the barriers. If I tell you that I'm going to do something or that I can do something or I want to do something, just trust me that I want to do it. And 
He, we're going to find out here in just a moment, he wants to pour out the Holy Spirit on all flesh. Praise God. So, they weren't perfect people. Before, during, or after. So, there's all kinds of examples in the Old Testament of people being filled with the Holy Spirit for specific purposes. One is skilled workers. When they built the tabernacle, uh, God said that He was going to put His Spirit on certain people to do uh, physical tasks. uh, Work with gold, work with embroidery, doing all these different things. David designed the temple by the Holy Spirit. There were those that were administrators and leaders. Joseph was filled with the Holy Ghost to be able to figure out how to, how to save a whole nation, actually nations of people. Moses and the 70 elders were filled with the Holy Ghost to lead those people, the, the, the Israelites as they came out of Israel. Joshua was filled. Saul, kings, I said last week, uh, kings and priests were filled with the Holy Spirit. Judges. The different judges. God didn't want a king. That was not his purpose. He didn't set that up that way. Man finally said, the Israelites finally said, that's it, we want a king. He goes, all right, I'll work within your system, but I've got to put the Holy Spirit in them or they're not going to be able to do anything. But before that, the judges, those that God just said, okay, I want to use you. Samson being one of them. He wasn't perfect, yet he did great things. He did amazing things, amazing manifestations for the spirit, in the Spirit of God to reveal that God was at work on the earth. He used judges and he filled them with the Holy Ghost. He used the prophets. Elijah, Elisha, Ezekiel, Daniel, Micah, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit for a purpose and that was to document prophecy so that when it happened, people would know, okay, there's a God. Because I remember the guy, the guy wrote the book there that said this was going to happen. He did that about 500 years ago, a thousand years ago, whatever. And there were others who spoke for God. Uh, and those names, their names are listed there. The Old Testament foretells a change, though, how the Holy Spirit of God was going to fill men. Joel chapter 2. Verses 28 and 29, and this is, the, this is the one we all know about. This, is the, this and, and Acts chapter 2 is how we know how God does it today. Joel chapter 2, verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days I will pour out my Spirit. There was not going to be a distinction any longer about who was eligible to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God was going to be poured out on anyone who was willing to walk in obedience to Him. Anyone. Praise God. What was a, 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 an amazingly unworthy, un, unexpected honor for thousands of year, years, all of a sudden God says, all y'all, for those from the South. All y'all will be filled with the Holy Ghost. In the New Testament, John the Baptist shares about Jesus. He said in Matthew chapter 3, 
I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go, the advocate, or in some of your Bibles it says the helper, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong for about sin and righteousness and judgment. And in Acts chapter 1, he says, don't go. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard from me speak about. For John baptized with water. Here he's quoting John. He's quoting what what John the Baptist had said about him. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, when are you going to do it? When are all the things going to be restored to the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know those times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit comes, everything's going to change. You need the Holy Spirit. You need more of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Because one of the big questions that people have is, well, don't I already receive the Holy Spirit? when I get saved? That's a very good question. We'll get to it. I promise. Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit then does come. When the disciples were obedient and were all in one place, the promise was fulfilled. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then we said, last, like, like last week, we said that Peter, then something, he all of a sudden, automatically, just changed within moments. One minute, he's, he's a wimp, he's, he's afraid, he couldn't, you know, a, a, a young girl around the fire said, yeah, you used to hang around with Jesus, I saw you with him. Oh, no, not me, that was somebody else. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw you with him. Blankety blank, woman, what do you think you're talking about? Couldn't even stand up to one person making an accusation. All of a sudden stands up in front of all Jerusalem and preaches an amazingly powerful sermon. Something changed. Something was different. What Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power. 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 That power that changes things. I said last week that when I went off to college, I walked away from God. And actually, I turned around and ran away from God. 
And I always wondered why that was. Why? Because I knew the difference. I knew what the truth was. I grew up in it. What was the difference? And I realize now is because growing up where I grew up, I had never experienced the power of God. The power that changes you, absolutely changes you from the inside out. I'm not the same person I was 30 years ago. Now, obviously, there's been a sanctification process that has changed me. But even more than that, I know even more than that, I'm not the same person I was 30 years ago. 30 years ago, actually, let's go back even further. 40 years ago, when I was in junior high, I had to do a... a, uh, uh, vocational assessment project choose five things that you would want to do with your life what you would want to be do a report on each and write a paper on each one of them well one of the vocations that i chose was hermit now everybody laughed like you're laughing right now and my teacher laughed and you know she gave me the grade because you know, I, I explained how, as a hermit, I would fulfill my vocation. But the truth was, that's exactly what I wanted to be. The last thing I wanted to be in this world was in front of people. I would stand up in speech class. And I know you guys don't like speech. Nobody likes speech class. But it wasn't just a matter of not liking speech class. I couldn't do it. I mean, it, it absolutely terrified me. My goal in life was to not mess with anybody's anything. My, you know, you, that live and let live. You leave me alone, I will leave you alone. Don't get in, don't, don't mess with me and I will not mess with you. I don't need to. You know what? Don't talk to me. I had one or two very close friends. Other than that, people, they didn't talk to me. I, I was a loner. I, was, I had no desire to be involved in people's lives until I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And then things changed. And I mean, it changed literally overnight. Where I couldn't talk in front of people I mean, I was, I was afraid. I, mean, I, was, just, I was shy. I, was, I, I, didn't wa- I didn't want to. I didn't know how to. And it just made me nervous. All of a sudden, it changed. And from that moment on, I could talk to people about God. I could talk to people about the things of God. If, they had, if we got into a conversation, there was no lack of words. Things changed. A difference happened in my life. And overnight... The things of God became alive to me in a way that I had never understood them ever before. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, when He he baptizes, when He fills you with His power, you will change. Look at me now. I mean, gracious, good night. This is easy. I can't, there is nothing in this world easier than to stand up here and do what God's telling me to say and, and do right now, but it's still not me. It's not what I would, would do on automatically. It's what He just gives me the ability to do by His power. 
you will have power to be his witness. So Peter begins to preach. He says in Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 38, he says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. What he's saying is, get saved. Get saved. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And when you, that, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. One of the things that people will say is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit stopped after the original disciples. Eh, sorry, thanks for playing, but wrong answer. It's not true. It's for all that the Lord will call. It's for all who are afar off. That word afar off, it's a Greek word. It's called, it's, the word is makron. It's in your notes. M-A-K-R-A-N. It means, literally, a long way off. Even another way of saying it is a long time off. He said in that first sermon by the Holy Spirit that when the Holy Spirit starts to, to be poured out on man, it ain't going to stop until Jesus comes back. It's for all of us. It's for every one of us. Nobody has to walk through this life without the power. Nobody has to walk through this world being just, oh, it's all on your own. Good luck. Get saved, but good luck. No, the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh that is willing to allow Him to move through Him in that way. And to have power to be a witness, you have to have the Holy Ghost. You have to have the Holy Spirit baptized, completely immersed. That's what we're, uh, when we talk about baptism, when we do a baptism, we dunk you. All the way down. That's the way they did it. Completely immersed, completely below the surface and the same word is used for being baptized in the holy spirit you are completely immersed in the holy spirit nothing dry completely immersed the word for for all whom is a greek word pas it means to each every any all the whole everyone all things, everything. So, it's for everyone who is a long time off, between now and a long time off. So, what about this? What about this question? Don't you receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved? The short answer is yes. You have to. You can't get born again. Your spirit cannot be renewed until you have the Holy Spirit, until you receive the Holy Spirit. We see that, well, I always ask the question, whenever somebody asks me this, and I've had lots of people ask me this, well, don't you receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again? Yes, absolutely. So the question I immediately ask back is, when did the disciples get saved? When were they born again? Was it when Peter made the confession, when Jesus said, when Jesus said, uh, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, you are the Son of God, you are the Messiah. Is that when he was born again, when he made the confession with his mouth? No. It's not. Because Jesus hadn't died yet. 
until the, the blood was shed, until he had risen from the dead, no one could get saved. But what happens very shortly after he raises from the dead, we see the moment when they were born again. Go to John chapter 20, verse 19. It says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, these guys were scared to death. Scared to death. They, were, they, they had locked the doors. They were afraid of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. So he showed them evidence, I am the guy. I'm the one you saw crucified. You saw this. I can give you proof. This is who I am. I'm not a ghost. Touch me. Feel, feel the holes. I mean, ugh, but feel the holes. Feel, these is... I am Jesus. And he said, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So do you receive the Holy Spirit? That's where they got born again, was right there. Do you receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again? Absolutely. 100%. Do you receive only enough to be saved for that moment? No. You receive the, you, you are in fellowship then with the Holy Spirit. That is not a little dab will do you. You have the Holy Spirit. You, are, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. Your spirit and His Spirit are like what it talked about Elijah, the Spirit of Deb. The Spirit of John. The Holy Spirit and, and the Spirit of, or the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of that man who's born again become one. They become intertwined. They are, the, he, the Holy Spirit empowers our spirit to live and have communion with God. You are saved. Can't do it any other way. There is no other way that you can be saved other than to have the Holy Spirit. So then the second question I ask is then why did Jesus say this? Acts chapter 1, beginning with verse, or in verse 4, and we actually read it before, but wait for the gift my Father promised. If they were born again, if they had received the Holy Spirit, why would he say, whoa guys, don't do anything. Don't go anywhere until you receive the Holy Spirit. Did he forget? No. No. There's something more. There's another event. There's something, again, on top of the salvation experience. When you're born again, you are born again by the Spirit, and God's Spirit seals us, which means we belong to God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from salvation that every believer should seek and receive. I'm not going to read these just for time, but there are other examples of people in the New Testament. One in Acts. Well, actually, both of these are in Acts. The reason I say one is in, uh, one is in Acts. The other one happens to people who are in Ephesus. So I, in, in my head, I keep thinking it's in Ephesians. It's not. It's, it's in Acts. But it's talking about the Ephesians where he finds people 
who are born again. They've, they've, they've trusted in the, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. They've received uh, Christ as their Savior. They're born again. They're called disciples. And, he, and the disciples then ask them, well, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you were baptized, when you were born again? And they said, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. He goes, oh, hey, hang on, one more thing. We want you guys to have this. God wants you to have the Holy Ghost baptism, the infilling, the complete immersion of the Holy Ghost. You can read those there for yourself. So now, the big question is, how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Born-again believers receive the Holy Spirit by asking God to fill them, to give them the Holy Spirit. Now you might say, well, wait a second, I didn't see that in Acts chapter 2. No, there's a lot we didn't see in Acts chapter 2. How long were they in the upper room? We don't know. It was probably days. It was long enough for them to actually screw up and elect a guy to fill the post of the, of the 12th apostle. As well as do some other things. But they were praying. They were seeking God. Who knows what they said? I don't know. We don't know. It's not written down. They were kind of busy. When they got filled with the Holy Ghost, things changed. Everything got, woo, got wild. And they all ran outside. Here are these guys that were, were afraid to go outside the locked door. All of a sudden, they all change. They, they, they whip open the door. They run out on the street. And they start preaching in a language they don't even know. That is cool. That is so cool. And that's actually what we're going to talk about. The next time I actually do teach on, on, on doctrine, we'll actually, I'll be talking about the praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, the, the gift of speaking in tongues. What in the world is that all about? That's just weird stuff. I know. It's so weird. It's so cool, too. That's a whole other story of itself. We'll talk about that. I'll give you real answers you can give your friends when they go, okay, I'll accept all this stuff except the tongue stuff. That's just, no, no thank you. No, 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 no. You don't want to wait. You don't want to not do that because it's in that, the Bible says, is how you build yourself up, how power comes to you. There's all kinds of amazing things that happen when you do that, as well as ministry opportunities. Where if I don't stop talking about it, that's what I'll talk about the rest of the day. And I'll have nothing for the next time. How to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's one. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. We quote that verse all the time. I hear people quoting that verse. Did you know what that verse is actually talking about? What are we supposed to, to knock? What are we supposed to seek? What are we supposed to ask for? Did you know that that whole verse, the context of that verse is about asking for the Holy Spirit? Keep reading and it will show. I'll show you what the, where that is. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. That to, to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if a son asks for a fish, will give him a snake and said? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? 
So how do we receive the Holy Spirit? We ask God for him. The, the best explanation that, that really set my heart at ease, because I grew up in a church, like I say, that said, don't do this. And don't do this to the point where it kind of scares you. You know, it's kind of like, they put on things like, you know, well, you may lose your salvation if you do that. Because you don't know what you're going to get. Well, right there it says, if you ask, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. He's not going to give you a stone or a scorpion or something else. He'll give you the Holy Spirit. But yeah, don't do that. Cause, yeah. So then when you actually start seeing it in the Word, and that's what, that's what happened to me. I'm sitting there reading the Bible because I, you know, I have nothing else to do. My friends won't let me come over anymore. I'm better now. I don't do the things I used to do. That took up hours every day, and I, didn't do, I don't do that anymore. I had to fill it with something, so I started reading the Bible. I read through the New Testament many times once a week. For a full year, I read through the Bible over and over and over and over and over and over. I had nothing else to do, so why not? I just sat and read. And I kept running into these verses, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, 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 and they spoke in other tongues. Wow, that's weird. I remember when they told people not to do that. But yet the Bible right here says that people did do that. I got really confused, and I finally said, okay, God, why not? I don't get this. I don't understand. I, I, I don't, uh, what's the deal here? I keep running into this. I went to my pastor. And I said, I keep running into this. He goes, ah, yeah, you know, I believe it, okay? But don't tell, I, I don't preach it, okay? Don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah? I said, really, you believe it? He goes, yeah, I do. Don't tell anybody. Because <laughs> he'd have lost his job if he would have confessed that openly. So then I was really interested. Okay, well, I like this guy. I mean, he's, he's right in the middle of the word, you know, he's you know, salvation. And he, he says he got filled with the Holy Ghost, but don't tell anybody. There must be something to this. So then I got really interested. But, you know, it's like, okay. So one day, I, I take those verses. When I read the verse where it says, you ask and he'll give you the Holy Spirit. I'm sitting in my room and I'm reading the Bible. I, I'm running these verses. I'm going, okay, I'm sold. I'm in, God. I closed, my, I closed the Bible. I set it down next to me and I said, you know what, God, here's the deal. I want whatever you want for me. I don't fully understand this. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But I said, I'm interested. Hey, if this is something for today, if it's something for me, I want the Holy Spirit. Lord, please give me the Holy Spirit. Fill me, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. That was it. Nothing, nothing physically happened. Now, I was really confused now, because I'd heard all the stories. Oh, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, blah, you can't control yourself, and all these words start pouring out of you, and just, didn't happen. I had one person tell me, oh, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was like fireworks were going off, and no. Warm tinglies, no, never had that either. Nothing I'm still sitting in the same chair, looking in the same... I mean, just nothing physically happened. I was like, God doesn't love me. I'm somehow... You know, Satan, you've sinned too much, John. You can't, you can't have the Holy Spirit. His lips were moving. He was lying. I was getting that by then. 
So I kept searching. I was like, okay, God, I don't understand this at all. Nothing, it didn't seem like nothing happened. Went and talked to somebody else, and they said, I'm not going to tell you anything. I want you to listen to this tape. And they gave me a tape of this, who was a preacher a while back, Kenneth Hagen, somebody. Some, and uh, gave me a tape from Kenneth Hagen, and he was talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And everything he said, I'm going, that's in the Bible. Yep, that's, I know, I've read that too. Yeah, that's, and he's saying the same things I'm believing. Okay, great. And then he goes, and when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, this is what could happen. And I started going, oh, shoot. See, none of that stuff happened for me. And then at the end he goes, or nothing will happen. Because you have to accept it, you have to receive it the same way you receive salvation, by faith. And that changed everything. Because that I could trust. By faith. That makes sense to me. That, that, I understand, I get that, because everything we do in this walk with God has to be by faith. If I'm expecting a feeling, I had a friend one time called me up at middle of the night, one, two o'clock in the morning. This guy was not a very nice person. This was actually a person, I won't talk about it too publicly, but he was a very scary person. I used to hang out with him. He was one of my best friends. But he was a very scary human being. He calls me up one time in the one o'clock in the morning, wakes me up, and he goes, this is after I had rededicated my life to the Lord, was, was, had quit hanging out with those guys, but I had witnessed to him a number of times. He calls up, he goes, guess what happened? I said, what, what happened? And, you know, I'm thinking you'd killed somebody or something. I didn't know. He goes, I was watching this guy on TV, Billy, Billy something. Billy, I said, Graham? Yeah, that's the guy. And I prayed that prayer with him at the end. I went, glory to God. Really, that's awesome. Man, praise God. And he goes, yeah, there's a problem. I just, I didn't feel anything. And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, tell him you're not going to feel anything. Because you've been living your whole life for feelings. You've been living your whole life for the next high, the next buzz. But he goes, yeah, but I've heard that you feel this. and you, this. I said, no, you're not going to feel anything. You've got to take this one by faith. And he immediately fell away from God. He never, I mean, he's even worse than he used to be. But it's, I, get, I, got, I got that. It's by faith. How do we know? What is the evidence that you're filled with the Holy Spirit? For years, I always heard that the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. It's not. The evidence that you're filled with the Holy Spirit is the Bible says that if you ask, He'll give you the Holy Spirit. It's by faith. Now you will, and you can speak in tongues. You can pray in the Spirit. Anyone who is filled with the Holy Spirit can pray in the Holy Spirit, can speak in tongues. You might think, well, no, I didn't get that gift. We'll talk about that later. I'm telling you, everyone who has been filled with the Holy Spirit can speak in tongues, can pray in the Spirit. But I had to take it by faith. And then it was a faith walk from that day forward. Now, obviously, since then, I've seen all kinds of amazing things that pretty much you know, guarantee me that this is a real deal and I'm in it and we're, hey, praise God. I'm experiencing it. But I had to, at the beginning, had to walk by faith. Now, 
There's another way. There's another way the Bible talks about people, how people are filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 19, 1 through 6. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Since then, since I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, since ministering on on many different occasions, some professionally, some as an amateur, there have been many people who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's just they ask, they receive by faith. Sometimes people lay hands on them, and and immediately, boom, something happens. Some people just ask, and immediately something happens. Something does physically happen. Praise God. It's like what we talked about last week. Do you have to see and feel something for it to be real? No, we live in the Spirit. You don't have to feel the, 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 the woo, you know. You don't have to do that. But if you do, cool. That's awesome. Enjoy. It's fun. But here, they laid hands on people and boom, they got filled with the Holy Ghost. They started speaking in tongues. Seen that dozens of times. Dozens and dozens and dozens of times. That is another way by of contact that people are filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to go really quickly through the steps to receiving the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's in your synopsis, but I want to just go through that because if you're wondering, how do I do this myself? Or how do I talk somebody else through? How do I teach them? How do I prepare them for them to receive the Holy Spirit? Here is a five easy steps. Number one, you must be born again. Jesus said you, you can't know the Holy Spirit unless you're born again. And you know, if someone is not born again and wants to get filled with the Spirit, there's a step they have to take. They're not, it's not going to happen for somebody who is not born again. Jesus said, I very truly I, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit is in the middle of the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Number two, You must believe that He is available to you. You have to believe that it's for you, your children, and all for all who are far off. And you have to believe that God wants to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. Acts chapter 2. Number three. You must desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You want, it's, it's, it isn't God's just not going to come on you like the Old Testament and go, here, I'm going to fill you right now. No. It's something you desire. And the verse that we have for that is john chapter 7 verse 37 through 39 on the last day greatest day of all the feasts jesus stood and said in a loud voice let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture said rivers of living water will flow from within them by this he meant the spirit whom those who believe in him were later to receive Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So he said, if you're thirsty, if you desire this, come to me. Number four, you must ask for him to fill you. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And number five, you must believe by faith that God has filled you. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. All of the gifts of the Spirit, and that's another whole sermon beyond even talking about praying in the Spirit and tongues. 
We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. What is that? And how do we... All of that is enabled by the Holy Spirit. But we do it by faith. He leads us to that moment where we actually have to take the step. The power is there. The power is its potential power. It's ready. He's set it up. The anointing is there to heal, to, to prophesy, to do whatever. And it, but all we have to step over by faith and do it. And one of those things is praying in the Spirit. He doesn't just all of a sudden blah, 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 coming out of your mouth. You ever seen the, the movie, uh, uh, I'll get there, Bruce Almighty? Bruce Almighty and the, 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 you know, God's given Bruce all of the power of the Godhead, you know, and, and he has a guy that is his nemesis who's the reporter on TV, and so he would just make him speak in tongues every once in a while on live air. Bet you never thought you'd hear that referenced in any kind of sermon ever. <laughs> Actually, those two movies, Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty, are, they're awesome. I love them. There are some biblical truths in there that are so amazingly put by a bunch of heathens. It's wonderful. My favorite one, let, may I digress for just a moment? In Evan Almighty, when God is trying to get him to do what he asked him to do, and he, 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 he leaves God in the dust driving away, and he looks back, and he looks in the mirror, and God's sitting right behind him again, and all, ah! he starts screaming, and God says, let it out, Evan, he says, because it's the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of all wisdom. I was like, Yes! That is so cool. I love that line. All right, where was I? Oh yeah, being filled with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) When I used to hear about being filled with the Holy Spirit, it was always one of those (sighs) moments. Weird, scary, ooh, being filled with a Holy Spirit. Okay, it's not. See, I can joke about it one second and give you the invitation in the next. Being filled with the Spirit is natural. This is the way we were created. You have, if you're born again, since you've been born again, you have the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. But he said, there's more. And when you have more, power will start operating in your life that you will just be absolutely amazed in. And I'm going to go one step further. Because... There isn't just a one-time existence, one-time situation where you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Since being baptized in the Holy Spirit that day in my chair, asking God, since then I have been filled with the Spirit multiple, 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 multiple times. Some very physically, very woo, and sometimes by faith believing that, hey, I'm filled with the Spirit again. One of the woo times, since I, you know, I don't, have been kind of downplaying that, we were at a mission, in, uh, and we were at a, a mission trip, and we were laying hands on people and praying for them, and a person comes up, and she was demon-possessed. I mean, you ever wonder, do, do people still get demon-possessed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this woman was, woo, messed up. And she came forward for prayer and she goes, I want to be free. And about three of us were standing around and we said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And, that, and she drops to the floor, gets set free. And just right after that, from the floor, I mean, I, from the floor, 
all the way to my head. It felt like somebody took a big container of water and went whoosh like that. And just, and I, from the floor all the way to my head, was like whoosh, full. I mean, I just, wow! And I start, you want to see me dance? There's a video somewhere in the world. I mean, you want to see, damn, I mean, it, it was no polka either, man. I mean, this was just, this was just, ah, I'm spinning, woo! And, and I'm just, whoa! And, I'm, and it's one of those moments where I didn't, couldn't control it and didn't want to. Because it was like, woo! You know, praise God. There's been many times like that, too. It's all God. It's God. How do I know it was God? Because I was asking for Him. And He's a good Father. He's a good Father. And He gives you the Holy Spirit when asked. So this morning, I want to give an invitation to anyone who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time. You've, been, you've, been, you've received the Holy Spirit, but you have never made that choice. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit by faith. And I encourage you just to, by faith then, let God speak through you, the Spirit of God in tongues, in, in the Holy Spirit. I encourage you to, to, to let Him pray through you. But even if nothing overtly happens, know by faith you're receiving the Holy Spirit. That's the first invitation. second invitation is, if you want to be filled again, be being filled, I encourage you to come up and pray. We're going to lay hands on you. When I say we're, I've been praying about this for a few days. I want to have all the Bible school students, all the School of Transformation students to stand right now and come forward. If you're in the School of Transformation, you've been coming to the School of Transformation, I want you guys to come forward. Because in the School of Transformation, we're believing for the, for the manifestations of God, the power of God to be evident on a regular basis. An everyday basis. Not just an every Sunday basis or an every Wednesday night, but an everyday basis. And their expectation is already there. Their expectation is that, that God, you guys, you've been, get up here. You guys, that, that the expectation of God is that he wants to do it. This morning, we're expecting that God wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. So this morning, can I just, Jamie, can, can, where's Jamie? Is she behind me? She's hiding. What? No. Can you just put some music in for me real quick? If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to stand up right now. Stand with me. Pray, be, pray, uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit or be being filled. Be filled again. Hallelujah. I want you guys to come forward. Come forward, stand in front of somebody get, so that they can pray for you lay hands on you. I'm going to get in the line too. Be praying for people. You can come at any time. Yep, just come up and stand before. I want you to pray. So I want, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be something you want. You want to receive the Holy Spirit and you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit and you want to, and then you need to ask. Say, Father, fill me with your Holy Ghost. And then these folks are going to lay hands on you and then let God be God. Amen? Anybody else wants to come up, don't wait. Just come on up. Get in line. Stand behind somebody if you need to wait. But come on up anytime. Anytime you can come up. Father, we do thank you. 
we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for your word that gives us the, the foundation to be able to walk in this new way, this new area, with confidence and with power. Thank you, Lord, for continuing to reveal truth every day by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.